morning, love. This is episode 96 of the Listening Well podcast. As our Christmas special, I'm your host, Carthy Masters. Welcome. And I remember after William died, we got home from the hospital and I show up and on our porch was this basket with all these letters and it was like, okay, it's my turn. You know, like now I have all these letters, which is sad and funny at all at the same time. been looking so forward to this day. I'm honored that you're joining me. You're about to meet four real living proof examples that there really is strength in numbers. We've talked on this show before about how there are examples of community displayed in God's creation. Well, remember the draft horse one that we talked about? Uh, Draft horses, they're really, really strong animals. And when you put two draft horses together, they can pull not twice, but more than three times the weight that they normally can carry on their own. So if one horse can pull 8,000 pounds, you would think that two could pull 16,000 pounds, right? But no, two horses working together can actually pull more than 24,000 pounds. Isn't that insane? Well, these women prove that concept inhuman. <laughs> Basically, that when two or more humans are gathered, something shifts, something happens, just like with those draft horses. And we can pull a whole lot more weight than we can on our own. We're going to hear from my guests in just a couple of minutes. At the end of our episode today, I'm going to announce the winner of our giveaway just in time for Christmas. I don't know about you, but one thing that's really hard for me around this time of year is all the constant eating, especially chocolate eating. I'm not the kind of girl who can say no very easily to chocolate. Some time ago, I was bringing dessert to a dinner party and I had some leftover whipped cream in the mixing bowl. This was, of course, before I had to cut out dairy and gluten and sugar and all the things that I love to eat. But this whipped cream was homemade and I just couldn't bear to let it go to waste. So I did what any smart girl would do. I made a pan of brownies to, you know, even it out for some pre-dinner little brownies and whipped cream sandwiches. I can't eat any of that stuff anymore, but I'm just as out of control with the substitute brownies or cookies. In my brain, it just doesn't register as something you can still OD on. You know, it's tahini and stevia and almonds and honey in those cookies or brownies. They're not real. So I eat like 12 of them all by myself. I'm out of control. Seriously, sister, I need help. Okay, that's enough about me. You know, love, when I first ventured into this world of podcasting four years ago, I started interviewing people back in early 2016. I thought, you know, I'm just going to talk to people in my community. I'm surrounded by really interesting women. I'll just Let them come on here and talk about whatever God is doing in their lives, and and they can share their story. It'll be great. People will be inspired and drawn to Jesus. (laughs) But what I didn't realize is the impact that these stories would have on me. Take today, for instance. You and I are going to get to hear from a group of friends who've experienced God's faithfulness during their darkest days. 
These women are young, but they've learned at a really early age um, about the fellowship of suffering. It's truly a Genesis 50, uh, God turning something bad into something good kind of redemption like Joseph talked about. The Lord provided support through people in their community in really creative ways all the way through each of their respective stories. And now these women, the faithfully restored women, are on a mission to give back in a big, big way. Jamie Hurd, Jamie Hamilton, Heather Milburn, and Jenny Rebecca Springer, they're all so different, but they're so bonded. They all know, accept, and love each other dearly, and and they celebrate their differences. I had so much fun just watching them interact and laugh with each other. One of them is known as the quiet warrior who's beaten cancer twice. One has dealt with infertility and adoption issues. Two have buried their own precious young children. And the various forms of trials represented here have produced deep compassion in these women. Now life is all about serving others. They are here for it. We get teary a few times during this interview because, as Jenny Rebecca says, faith does not eradicate grief. And so you'll hear each of us sniffling at different times, snorting sometimes. (laughs) Everyone's sort of talking over each other like sisters do. There's room noise, hair noise, because you see where there is long hair, as every one of us have, all five of us that day in the loft office at the Fellowship Bible Church campus. We all have long hair. So when a woman's earrings or hair hits her mic, it makes noise. (laughs) Sounds like a windstorm at times. And several times throughout the interview, we find ourselves, being women, we find ourselves talking about hair quite often, actually. There are two Jamies in this group, so we call one Hamilton and the other one Heard. Um, Jamie Heard was the one who actually started this whole thing, uh, Faithfully Restored, by inviting 70 of her closest friends to a pool party. And she pulled out a whiteboard not to pitch a pyramid program, but to strategize ways to minister to the women right in their midst and to remind each one that she's not alone. Faithfully Restored is the name of the nonprofit they founded to uh, bring real support to women in need. But after spending time with these women, I can tell you it's much more than just another organization doing good in their community. It's Faithfully Restored is a movement. It's a living organism that breathes life and sort of spreads I'll tell you at the end of today's episode how you can get involved because I know you're going to feel compelled to do something as I have. Please don't shortchange yourself by listening like a distant spectator. Listen with your heart. Submit your own prayer request. Ask for help. Or if you feel so led, offer a hand to help or open your wallet. I asked each of the women to introduce their friend. Jamie Hurd introduces Jenny Rebecca, who introduces Heather, who introduces Jamie Hamilton, who starts us off. Enjoy. Jamie Hurd, she is so sweet and easy to talk to. She um, is so inviting. She never meets a stranger. 
and um, you can take her pretty much anywhere and she's got about 500 friends. We kind of make a joke about her having a girls night and uh, she, she's like, is it okay if I invite so-and-so? And so-and-so becomes about 25 other people and so, you're, and it is just so fun and she would do anything for you. She's got a heart of gold. You're sweet, thank you. Who will introduce us to Jamie Hamilton? I will. Hi there. Okay. It was really after Jack was being adopted that we became really close. She was in Florida and they, Jamie and Amber, threw her a little shower since she wasn't in Tennessee. And gosh, ever since then. So what's one thing that drew you to Jamie Hamilton? Her smile. She is hilarious also. <laughs> like, she's a good time. <laughs> All of you have really bright smiles. So who will introduce Heather? I will. She doesn't love to talk in front of an audience, <laughs> but what Heather possesses is so much deeper than that. Her um, ability to write, her ability to love, her ability um, to speak when it's truthful and when it's important is so raw and so powerful. And um, it's Heather's heart that I just, um, and her truth that just, it just is magnetic. Oh, she's sweet. so real. And um, five long. minutes in, we're all in tears. I know. We met after William died and my son in December. Um, I was at the beach that six months later in June, and one of the cousins I was with said that someone in her neighborhood had just lost a son. And I said, oh my gosh, we knew exactly what, what their path was the next few months, and my heart just broke for that woman that I heard about. So mm -hmm. um, I get back from the beach, and my daughter's kindergarten teacher calls and said, hey, I have this friend. She's like, I know this is a weird question, but what did people do for you that we can do for my friend Jenny Rebecca? And I was like, oh, I heard about this story. My cousin actually lives in her neighborhood. And so I told Suki, the kindergarten teacher, some things that people had done for me that they could do for Jenny Rebecca that were meaningful. And mm -hmm. then I wrote a note to Jenny Rebecca and sent her a book that really helped me mm -hmm. after William died. And I think I put my phone number in there. And um, so we connected that way. And so her and her husband, um, later Daniel and I went to dinner with her and her husband and her boys are just incredible. Their family mm -hmm. is great. And the way God had us come together as friends is has been such a big part of our healing. And mm -hmm. we can speak to each other in a way that most people can't. And, yeah. you know, on days where I'm crying and need a little help getting out of bed or kind of bucking up and getting through the day, I can call her and she says, you know, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And she can speak truth to me when I need it. And I feel like I can do the same for her. And I think one thing that draws people to Jenny Rebecca is how deeply she cares for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, if you're a friend of hers, she is going to love on you. Um, like Jesus loves people. And so people are drawn to her everywhere we go to. <laughs> So, so it's been girl, such a I love y'all so much. Sweet little connection. This is that, amazing. You know. We're lucky. We mm -hmm. are. We are. We are. You know, um, what's so incredible about our group that 
is that God has taken really hard circumstances Mm -hmm. and he has helped us to find joy in them to help others and to spread the love of Jesus to others. Mm -hmm. And that's the only right that I can make out of my son dying. So redemptive. It is. You guys have a really special bond because you've been through some real suffering together. And Jamie Hamilton, as you were um, listening, I heard you say something like, we're so lucky. Mm-hmm. And when you hear losses like that, a child for a fellow mom, a friend who's walked with people who've lost their child to say we're so lucky, it's just, this is radical faith that you guys are walking. I think when you're in it, you don't see that. You know, we were... I was fortunate enough to have my son Jack be really close to Jamie Hurd's little boy, William. And um, when you're in it, like the day that happened, you're in a hospital sitting with your friend who is experiencing such loss that you just want to take. You wish you could just take a little bit of that pain away and you can't. Mm -hmm. And to now fast forward four years later and see us sit around a table, I honestly remember sitting with my husband that night and I thought, this is, I, I just could not see like any joy in, and, and, and I was, had such fear mm-hmm. in that moment of things looking so different and just feeling like I lost my friends in a, in a big way. And, um, wow. so it is, it's just such beautiful redemption that only mm-hmm. God can do, you know, and, and what community we have in that, you know, I've, I, I look around this table and I think I got to walk through my sweet friend Heather having cancer not once but twice and dealing Mm -hmm. with just all the things that honestly at my age at 34 I did not think I would be experiencing quite yet. I felt like I had to grow up pretty fast the last five years more than I really wanted to honestly. Um, And God is doing so much in this no matter how big you know our mission is and what we want to do it's all for his glory and it's not for us and it's really neat to see. Beautiful. So where would you like this to go? We really want to help as many women as possible. And then eventually, maybe even faithfully restored men. Who knows? Faithfully restored children. Who knows? Um, No, someone the other day said something. I said, or nonprofit is actually faithfully restored, but everything else, our email, our website, and everything is Faithful Restored Women. And she was like, you know, you don't know where that's going to take you, though. Wow. You know? That's so exciting. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh. But our our heart is just to help as many people as possible that are walking through hard times and to remind them they're not alone. So whatever that looks like through a podcast, through weekend retreats, inviting women to hear people speak and worship Together, um, we have a lot of ideas and dreams. And so primarily you do that by them reaching out to you with a prayer request. And then you call them or write them a letter. And it could be, we've had a lot of friends on behalf of people send in prayer requests for their friend. So when a prayer request comes in, we kind of individualize and take that prayer request and think, what does that person need? What can we 
provide to them. So it looks different for each prayer request. There's not, doesn't go through a system. And so we kind of take it, we also divide up and kind of see who would speak best to that person. Mm -hmm. And it kind of works out best. We have different personalities, we have different strengths. And so we, you know, use those God-given talents in the different ways. And so we think, you know, what will be best, who can best, you know, help that woman. And we try as a goal to write a note, at least a note, if not send a care package to every prayer request that comes in. And then on top of that, um, we'd like to assign them. We have people sign up to be prayer partners because it's bigger than just us. And women (laughs) want to help. They want to serve. And sometimes it's just as simple as you know, them signing up and saying, here's an easy way to pray for someone. Mm -hmm. And so we ask them when we assigned a prayer partner to that person, we ask them to pray for a few weeks or so and write them an encouraging note. Or if they want to send a care package, we kind of trust the Holy Spirit to lead that person in whatever they feel like doing for that person. Mm -hmm. So just little ways to let women no, they aren't alone through, you know, it looks different. For example, someone that lost a child, you have a lot of support in the beginning. And then as those months pass, the support kind of dwindles. And so for us, we like to come along maybe before the first holiday or at the year anniversary, or, you know, we wrote to someone the other day, it was four years past, but to let them know your child is not forgotten. It's been four years, but Jenny, Rebecca, and I know that two years, four years, it's it's loss and it's pain and it's deep and it's real. And so to let them know you're still being prayed for. Oh, um, so thoughtful. With that. And in adoption, it's been nice with Jamie. Yeah, I mean, I think the connecting part, I think in any of these situations, when you're going through something, um, if we get a prayer request in and we know someone that has gone through something similar, there's, that's such a great place for there to be a connection. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that when I started, when I had experienced infertility and we're, we're starting um, the journey of adoption, I didn't really know very many people. I actually didn't know anyone really domestically that had adopted within the last 10 years. And so I really felt alone in that. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really neat now to connect with so many different couples who um, are... Um, experiencing infertility and looking into adoption, you know, because I can answer questions and I know the pain they're going through and I know what it's like to deal with infertility. And um, so just like that, it's the same with child loss or cancer or um, Mm -hmm. addiction, or we've had all sorts of different things, Mm -hmm. uh, divorces, singleness, Mm -hmm. um, various things that it's just so nice to be able to have someone that you could reach out to that's gone through something, you know, and it's on the other side of it, Mm -hmm. you know, to say there is light, there is hope, you know. Creating community is something that is a goal of ours. So matching people up with um, with others and creating or hosting these events that we have to bring people together. And I've heard you guys all describe, talk about the importance of letting them know they're not alone. You, each of you said that at least once. And then, Jenny, Rebecca, you're talking about community. And I'm wondering why is that so important? Like, why couldn't I just... Heal on my own. I think, I mean, <laughs> Heather is going to sit there and smile. She agrees. I was like, do I put her on the spot? Make sure do this or take it? <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. Heather, can I ask you a question? Yes, ma'am. What was it that really helped you 
out of your second round with cancer? Knowing I wasn't alone, that in the worst odds, that if anything was to go wrong, that my kids would be held up by the community around us, by my friends, my family, my husband. That was the biggest part. Like, knowing how my, like, my parents passed away when I was younger. And so there's, it's hard to explain, but, like, there's a fear in leaving my children behind, but I also know where I'm going. But I also know the pain that if something was to happen that my children would experience. Mm -hmm. But I think, and I know if I am to go anywhere, that they will be held up by people around them. And that means so much to me. You had that assurance. Mm -hmm. And did you come pretty close to losing your life? I did. So now my uh, statistically um, of things going pretty bad is pretty high. Is it really? Because you look amazing. Thank you. And now you're, it's not really like in remission. We call it NED, so it's no signs of active disease. Um, So I'm on oral chemo because I believe it's still there. It's just too small to pick up. And so community has really helped you in your recovery. 100%. Like I'm going, I have another surgery in two weeks, and it's just we scheduled that date yesterday and the amount of people that have texted and called and have already made plans to help my family. It's pretty unbelievable. Beautiful. How often do you guys talk, like, during the week? We have a text message that's daily. Almost every day. Yeah, not every day. <laughs> much every day. <laughs> even, if it's not, even if it's not about Faith Lugger's story. Yeah, I like, to, I like, like that I'm to send them pictures of, like, my calendar to show them, like, when I'm going to wash my hair. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like they care. And they yeah, also we do. know it's <laughs> only once a week that it's going to happen, and it's on the calendar. So It's quite the event. Jenny Rebecca washing her so... hair. We yeah, it looks like a thick head of hair. It's a big deal. But, you know, I mean, we are not meant to do this alone. Um, and that's why community is imperative. I think the devil likes to tell you, too, when you're going through something, that to belittle it, you know, or make mm-hmm. you your feelings feel like they're not a big deal. And especially, it might not be losing a child or infertility or cancer or something that somewhat seems bigger, but anxiety, depression, all of that. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can feel like you are so alone in that and that no one cares, but that, especially women, I think that you don't want to express that. And always, there's a lot of people that don't want to reach out and ask for help. And that is so dangerous, but it's so just Satan telling you that you don't need help, you know, and that's not a great place to be in. And so sometimes I just would encourage people, like if you have a friend that you is, are even just suspecting is going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. Just reach out and just send a text message. It's amazing. I mean, I remember so many moments like just waiting for a child that I was just having such a hard day and I would just get a text. One little text message that just said, hey, thinking of you, I love you. Oh, mm-hmm. And it made your whole day. It, like, yes. it, it's, it means so much, just the small things. Yes. Um, and fortunately God really planted, you know, adoption on my heart when I was much younger. I assumed that my husband and I would have biological children first, but, um, he had a different story and I'm so grateful, but in the waiting, there's so much fear and it's just so hard waiting in general. I mean, I just think we've experienced all of that in various ways or people we meet that are just in that waiting and it is 
so hard. Yeah. And so much when you fear. have a monthly reminder every month. Yeah. Oh, it's not here. Yeah. Yes. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. It is. When your mama's heart is already there. For people, I mean, I really didn't before walking through Jamie's adoption process. Um, what Faithful Restored likes to do is while women are in the waiting, send them a baby gift because that was the, wow. a hard part for her that she has shared with us and shed light on, which is so great. And because they're going to be moms. Mm. And if they were pregnant, people would be celebrating with them. But adoption can be such an awkward thing to celebrate with fear and you don't know what to say. And so just a reminder that you are going to be a mom and mm. we will celebrate you now and be praying for you. So that's been a really mm-hmm. neat thing that we like to do. when I was in the adoption waiting, it took four and a half years for ours to finally come through. We lost four different domestic babies before we finally mm-hmm. went back to our original dream, which was India, which is where I'm from. And during that waiting time, I had two people give me baby gifts. And it meant the world. One was actually a journal that I could write to my daughter when she finally got there. That's a good idea. It was so good. And it took a bejeweled, beautiful, blingy, and I can't wait to give it to her. It's going to be awesome. And then the other gift was one of those willow uh, wooden carvings that you see at gift stores downtown. It was of a pregnant woman. And I wasn't pregnant. Yeah. I was just mm-hmm. waiting for it. But it felt like a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she gets it. And yeah. so what you're talking about is so right on. Just that I wasn't alone. That she understood it. That was enormous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing. That is faithfully restored right there. Yes. yes. I mean, I, I love hearing but that. But I love that you guys are making it a thing. It's like a system that you're working. You guys are being so deliberate and intentional. It's awesome. Well, I kind of never heard of Fortunately, nowadays with the, the culture, everyone is so busy. Yeah. And so many people have great hearts and want to do mm-hmm. good things. Yes. And but there's not you're not always there's not always an easy opportunity like yes. that to just, you know, sign up or sign up to be a prayer partner or just like have a list of people that, hey, I I've experienced some, something similar, and I want to give back in that way. So you guys are almost like a networking agency or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, you know? that yeah. fancy. We'll add that to our website. So what do you feel are your greatest needs as you're reaching others? You know, for other people to give to us or kind of our need as... Like, as you're reaching someone, say, who's going through cancer treatments, mm-hmm. what what could I do as someone who's mm-hmm. wanting to help Faithfully Restore? I'm, I'm so into this mission. I want to help. What can mm-hmm. I do? Yeah, let's be a prayer partner. So we are always looking for prayer partners because we do have those prayer requests come in. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and even that is a need where, you know, just the willingness for people to share prayer requests with us. Mm-hmm. Um so it's both been sides of it. Both sides of that. And financially, of course, we'll, you know, take anything we can get there. <laughs> yes. And uh, because that helps us send those care packages, yeah. um, donations, whether we've reached out to a lot of local restaurants and a lot of stores. I know people have connections with stores and restaurants, anything we can put in care packages, like whether it's gift cards, coupons for different tickets to Cheekwood, mm-hmm. and we sent uh-huh. them to um, a woman who was recently 
lost her husband. Okay, lost her husband. Mm -hmm. And then um, what was Someone struggling with addiction. Yes. Just for Um, a day out to experience God's creation. I mean, everybody likes getting a gift, right? Mm -hmm. That's my love language. It is my love language, too. I mean, everybody loves getting something sparkly or happy or... And um, even if it's not your love language, to get something in the mail these days is such a rarity. Such a rarity. Mm -hmm. It's not a bill or trash. Mm -hmm. I get so excited about a letter in the mail that it's not junk mail. Because 90% of the time it is. Mm -hmm. I think something else that we, as we grow, even a space to have an event. You know, Fellowship opened their doors for us to have their our launch party here, which was made such a difference that we didn't have to come out of pocket to have oh, to pay for an event yeah. space. Yeah. So great. You know, or you know, we joked at our launch party if anyone has a lake house that they want to <laughs> donate, you know, someone we actually who just... weren't joking about that. We were serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, a few people there that had lake houses, they were like, I feel like you were speaking to me. And I was like, uh-huh. if the Lord put that on your heart to speak to you, then we are. Then we are. <laughs> Um, but someone, I mean, think about how someone that just got diagnosed with breast cancer needs to get away for a weekend and process with their husband what that looks like for their family to provide here, have this place to go, think this over, take the time. I mean, so little good. things like that. Um, I was able to drop off um, a gift, a package with a gift card, and my neighbor made cookies that I put together for someone that recently had a miscarriage. And I was like, Aww. you don't need to worry about dinner tomorrow night you know here's Gosh. you're being prayed for and what a blessing but it takes so, i mean so it's not us it's other people you know giving to us and believing in the mission and sharing mm-hmm. our hearts for others you know jamie heather and i you know we're in the tight knit um friend group and we're just always there for each other i mean in like a crazy way in a good stalkers way, kind of way. <laughs> you know I can't go three days having a bad day without someone showing up at my house and be like okay I'm here for you I'm showing up you know it's wow. so great and such a gift from God and so we were talking you know we have experienced this and one thing our friend group likes to do is when something happens we write a bunch of notes and then drop them off at their house so they have a month of notes so every day oh. they can open up a note. And that so awesome. one of our friends had a late miscarriage that we did that for and then we did it for Heather and I remember after William died we got home from the hospital and I show up and on our porch was this basket with all these letters and it was like okay it's my turn you know like <laughs> now I have all these letters which is sad and funny at all at the same time mm-hmm. but so Heather, Jamie, and I were talking, like, we want to do that for other people. Like, those letters are so meaningful mm-hmm. and just such a source of hope when you need it. You know, we want to do that for other people. So I was having a pool party in my house with me and 70, 40, 70 of my closest 40, friends. 40 <laughs> of her closest friends. So I thought, Aww. you know, we'll have this. It was right when we had started talking about this. And I said, let's do a blessing board. We'll put all these. And, you know, one thing we hear because of our situations, we hear of a lot of needs. It's just mm. the nature of it. I mean, I hear about someone who lost a child probably weekly, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Someone contacts is, contacts me wow. about yeah. someone that's lost a child. In our community or just mm-hmm. everywhere? No, uh, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, with that, and I know Jamie and Heather feel the same way. Um, and so we have all these needs, and it was we're also 
kind of doing the Act of Faith series at church, mm-hmm. and it was really like, what are we going to do? Like, we felt a calling to do something, and what are we going to do? And so we were like, at least if it's just us, we'll get together and write notes. So for that pool party, we put um, note cards with little stories of women that we knew of, people adopting, people that had had cancer or their children were diagnosed with cancer, loss of child. And so we had stationery made up, and our friends had the opportunity to take a card, write a note, and then really right after that, we asked Jenny Rebecca, you know, that party was actually on the anniversary of... Oh, Hayes' death. Yeah. I know. After that, I was like, who plans a pool party? On her friend? But just, it's okay. Yeah. So she wasn't there. Because born. I know. Exactly. Yes, look what was born out of it. Yeah. Right. So. Um, um, so then, like, the next month, they asked me to join them, and it was just the three of them and myself. And we sat on Jamie's back porch mm-hmm. in the rain and drank beautiful coffee. Beautiful rain. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I thought it was a one-time deal. And they were like, no, like... Legit, we want to start a nonprofit, and I was like, I am somebody who loves being included. I mean, I think we all love being included. And I was like, Oh, wait, and you want me to be in it too? And they're like, Yes, the four of us. Yeah. And um, and so yeah, and then it became a kind of a real thing. And then we got our five hundred one c three, and like it really became a real official. Yeah. I mean, we are official. We have such big hearts for this, mm. but as far as running a legit nonprofit is mm. not we're our learning, strength. But we're learning. Yeah, we're learning. I'm going to attend, hopefully, a class next semester and kind of on nice. how to run on how to run a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So even donations for that, I think the class is five hundred some dollars. You know, we'll yeah. take you know donations to help us. We definitely steward your money well and mm. are very intentional about yes. Um, where our money goes because you know for the last year it was just our money yeah. and we were mm-hmm. you know I think our husbands are excited for the fact <laughs> that <laughs> now official and now official request you know ask for donations tell me what are some things that um, people should say or shouldn't say when someone's suffering oh, that's such a good question it is yes so what are, maybe start with the positive. What, what's something, Heather, that comforted you? What, what is a word or a phrase or a sentence that, that helped you? Just hearing people say, I'll be here at the end. Because for me, the end was the hardest part. And I think when it comes to cancer, a lot of people don't understand that. Like you're in, when you're in treatment, you're, you know, you're fighting. But afterwards, it's just, you feel alone. And, I mean, those people that said that, they were there at the end, and that meant so much. I think, for me, specific to child loss is just talking about William. I think a lot of people are afraid to mention his name, that it might make me sad. Mm -hmm. And I always tell, I mean, my friends know this and talk about him, and we celebrate his birthday every July and are super intentional about it. Mm -hmm. But... I'm always thinking about them, right. and nothing You're you say there. is gonna make me say whether I cry or not. And I might cry, but that's not because of something you said. And so I think it is very meaningful when people say, "Hey, I was just thinking about William today in a text," or Aww. you know, ask you know if I'll be out somewhere and our kids are playing, be like, "It was William like this?" Or we have a little girl Annie now, who's two, who's you know about the same age as William was, and. Um, 
-hmm. So I think just asking, you know, are they alike or different or any mention of him Mm -hmm. is just really comforting. But for me, and I think for everyone, to just extend grace for people, whatever they say. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that they're coming up to me after I lost a child and saying anything, I don't know what to say, I think is a perfectly... Good. I mean, I said that to one of my friends who had a miscarriage last year. I just wrote her mm-hmm. for the infertility day, and I said, "I'm really sorry. Like, I don't. I honestly don't know what to say. Yeah. You know. That's and I think so that's okay. Yeah. And I have so much grace for people that even say anything to me, yeah. honestly, about that's it. That's a really sweet attitude. Mm-hmm. It does. I don't know that I've always had that sweet attitude, but it's a really good one to have. (laughs) Because there are things that you're like, "Mm, that is not true and not helpful. Hayes was seven. He was almost eight when he died. And um, he is one of four boys. And he had red, curly, curly hair. People loved to touch his curls. And he hated it. (laughs) He just had these curls that you just wanted to touch because they were scrumptious. (laughs) just was super loving and a mama a mama and a daddy's boy and um two nights before he died um I was tucking him in and he grabbed me and he kissed me and he said mommy I love you so so much and it's just one of those moments that I'll never forget and I'm so thankful that I had with him he was an amazing boy and I can't wait to see him again and until that day happens We'll serve others and try to show others that you can still find joy in your life. I'm so thankful for those two and a half years that we got. And he was all boy. I mean, he came out of the womb throwing a ball. It was just rough and tough, but so loving. He would come over and just tuck your leg and then just run around and play. And he ran everywhere he went. And he was just such a boy. And um, we never got to the discipline phase. I think he had maybe three times in timeout. We have one on video of him and Jack just <laughs> cracking oh, up in timeout. You never had Bang. terrible teeth. <laughs> no. We didn't have time for that. And it was every memory is so sweet. Oh. And um, which is such a gift. He potty trained himself. He refused right when he turned two. He refused to wear diapers. And, uh, he was done. He was, he was done. And he was such a good sleeper. All my friends, I mean, at seven weeks, he slept through the night. We had to wake him up from every nap. We had wow. to wake him up in the morning. He, he took like just, a five-hour nap. Yeah. <gasps> That's I mean, if he wasn't up by 6 p.m., we had to wake him up. I mean, it was just... Oh, my gosh. Wow. He was just easy and loving and a dream. And um, so I have nothing but the sweetest little memories of him. And so Annie is a sweet mixture of Madeline, our eight-year-old, who's a little sassy, and uh, William, who is so loving. And Annie does the same thing. I mean, she'll come up and hug you. Mm. And, yes, she has such a little attitude, and she does stuff by herself and is just independent (laughs) like her sister, a girl. But God has given me such little gifts in Annie you know, for example, like when I hold her and sing Jesus Loves Me at Night, she like tucks her arms into me like William did and just like lays her head oh, on me. Wow. And um, so mm-hmm. it's it's really sweet to have Annie. It's been just such a sign of God's love for us and faithfulness. And, um, and we can't wait to see William again either. Yeah. Mm. 
I don't know why this happened um, to our family, but I know what we can make out of it, and that is to show people that you can find joy again. Um, and that, I grew up going to church, I grew up being a Christian, um, our boys have all been baptized, we're regular church members, but the death of Hayes has brought so much more faith and meaning. After William died, and previously my dad committed suicide, and I had kind of that first loss where I'd say my faith was shaken. Mm -hmm. And I had to reevaluate why are we here? What is this? What is, you know, this world is so broken and full of hurt and there's loss. Like, is this all we have? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that after my dad died and I kind of grieved that loss and went through counseling and found a church here at Fellowship that teaches the truth and was really poured into, all led up to God preparing me for losing William. And it really, when that happened, I knew my foundation. I knew my worth. I knew my purpose here was to show the love for Jesus. And was I doing that in all areas of my life? No. I mean, I would still... You know, it's a daily struggle that we're trying to accomplish. But I would say the way, the position that God had me loving Him and finding my worth and value and purpose in Jesus when William died is how I'm here today and why we all want to do this group. Yeah, And Mm -hmm. it's because of that love and grace after be, you know, stuff we did. God extends us so much grace and there's nothing, nothing we can do. We can't insert blank that his grace doesn't cover. Mm. And I think for me, when I actually realized that and took it as a truth and read the Bible as truth and am I, you know, when your child dies, it's like, are you going to believe what God says or are you not? Are you reading this scripture and believing it on Sunday, and then your world falls falls apart on Friday, and where does that leave you? And we, our Christmas cards had already been ordered when, before William died. So I remember sitting in the hospital, and someone was like, what can I do? I said, well, my Christmas cards just got here, and I really want you to address them and get them out, because Mm -hmm. on the back was the sweetest little picture of Madeline and William, and we pick a Bible verse every year, And it was um, Philippians 4, 6, like, do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer and supplication, make your request be known to God with thanksgivings in there too. And so when that happened, it was like, do I believe this? Is this what I'm rooted in or not? And I'm honestly thankful for the trials in my life because I feel closer to Christ now than I ever have. And it's because I had to. He brought me to my knees in a way that when I'm just living my life and things are going well, Mm -hmm. I don't depend on him. And I love every December since William died, I spend a weekend and I go away, sometimes with Daniel, sometimes by myself, the anniversary of when he died, Mm -hmm. and let myself go back to that really sad, deep, pain of looking at the pictures when we were in the hospital and thinking about that day and the look on his face. And I think that's so important for me 
to get back to that total dependence of raising my hands in the air and being like, all I need is you, Lord, and all, and I'm set. Mm. And I need to, I think we can get so busy and caught up in everything else when I think for me, I need to pause and have that total dependence on Christ. And honestly, I'm thankful for the way he has shown me that and giving me these situations to to need him in that way. And if there's anything that our stories can do to encourage you to get involved in a church Mm -hmm. or just find community, Mm -hmm. and that is huge to us. I mean, that's the only thing that gets you through the hard times. And I, I think more than anything, God has given us, you know, to be his hands and his feet and to do that, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. We're called to do that. I guess really also, I think Jamie said it too, but to let women know that your loss and trial, like I think the enemy would also like a listener to be like, oh gosh, well, what I've gone through is nothing like what they've gone through and kind of rated on this, you know, scale that doesn't exist. Your struggles are your struggles and they're real. real. And so just to let women know that, you know, reach out to us and send those prayer requests of something that the enemy would love for you to feel is not a struggle Mm -hmm. and not worth filling Mm -hmm. out that prayer request. Every prayer request that comes in, we try to write back right away and say, thank you. You know, it took courage for you to even share with us your prayer request. Jamie Hurd and her husband Daniel opted to donate William's organs, which saved the life of a little girl in Chicago named Ava, who was in heart failure. Little William's heart saved Ava's life. The Herds have actually met Ava and her parents. They're still friends today. Isn't that incredible? Talk about intentional giving and meaningful living. Just takes your breath away. Isn't that so helpful to hear Jamie and Jenny Rebecca talk so frankly about what to say when someone's lost a loved one? I know you appreciated that as much as I do. You can get involved with Faithfully Restored by joining the prayer team. I signed up last week and I'm so excited to see who they matched me with. I'm anxious to put pen to paper and send some encouraging notes because I love writing. So what's your thing? How are you thinking you can plug in? Email me at crythemasters at gmail.com and we can brainstorm if you like or find me on the gram at The Listening Well. Send me a message if you have any questions about the why behind what the women had to say today, why they, all of us, why we believe the way we do. Or send me a message if you have any questions about life coaching at all. And now for our big announcement, drum roll please Blair. The $100 gift card for Carnival Cruises goes to, and thank you to my lovely assistant, the winner is Brooke Rose. Congrats to you, Brooke Rose. I'll get that to you soon. 
Merry Christmas, and remember to sign up for the Faithfully Restored newsletter and prayer team. Check it out. Go to faithfullyrestored.com and send a generous donation today. Just another way for you to live out love. Till next time, which will be next year. Bye, love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented rock star, keyboard player, producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back, and we'll talk more about how you can find your happy by living life more connected. So we get free blowouts. How often? As often as we oh want. Oh my goodness, but you cook them once a week? Mm-hmm. That's a dream Do you for you. Go. No, it takes a long time and... <laughs>